This episode is brought to you by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's why you might want to check out State Farm Small Business Insurance. Why? Because State Farm agents are small business owners too, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Support for this show comes from Slack. You're a growing business and you can't afford to slow down. If anything, you could probably use a few more hours in the day. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from New York Magazine and the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher. And Kara, this is Europe, and I'm here to beg that Facebook don't leave. <laughs> we would have missed the job destruction, the weaponization of our elections. Oh, my goodness. The tax avoidance, the photo shoots. I'm a mix of Indian and Scottish, and you know, although Indian's not Italian? European. Anyway, just go with it. Just go with no, it. No, I'm not going We'd with it. We'd miss the it's photo shoots to, so to whitewash Sheryl Sandberg's reputation. So please, Facebook, take, take our eyes, but don't leave us. Uh, don't explain leave what us. you're saying. Explain what you're, why you're doing this. Facebook, I love Big Tech. Big Tech is literally like Lyle Lovett telling Julia Roberts that he's going to leave her. And it's like, no, you're not. <laughs> I'm Julia Roberts. Lyle Lovett is not leaving, although they did get divorced, which is yes. tragic. Yes, it's, it's tragic. tragic. All right. Anyways, I'd forgotten about that marriage. They're okay. saying if they implement some of their data privacy regulations that Facebook is going to leave an economy or uproot their business, an economy that, that's bigger than the United States. Mm. You know what it reminds me of? What? I love Big Tech and I'm going to take my ball and go home bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Remember when uh, Amazon came into New York yeah. and said, all right, despite the fact we want to build um, facilities in the borough that has the greatest concentration of union membership in the nation, we're mm -hmm. not going to allow union members into our right. factory. Right, right. And we want $2 billion transferred from local municipal fire police and school districts into the coffers of Amazon as we've gamified the entire Commonwealth. Mm -hmm. And then Senator Giannaris, AOC, and Corey Johnson said, well, let me think about this. Fuck you, Amazon. And and said no to the $2 billion. And what do you know? Amazon is on pace mm -hmm. to hire more people than they initially promised in exchange for that $2 billion. Why? Because the mother of all midlife crises is unfolding two to three days a week on the Upper East Side. Jeff mm -hmm. Bezos was always coming to D.C. Yeah. And then, oh, the second big, I'm leaving. All right, leaving. so they're not leaving Europe. I'm going to stop you. They're not leaving Europe. Yeah, that's my point. <laughs> all right, okay. Okay, hold on, hold on. I'm on a all run right, here. Finish. And then land, land the, the latest plane, one, Scott Galloway. The latest one, yeah. Dara Khosrowshahi saying, well, if you don't, okay, so maybe AB5 is the law of the land. Uh -huh. Maybe the courts have upheld it. Yeah. But if you actually try and enforce the law, we're going to shut down Uber in the yeah. midst of a pandemic and throw yeah. a quarter of a million people, vulnerable people onto the street, despite the fact we have about $14 billion on our balance sheet, because we have to. We have no choice. Well, yeah. we have, did they shut down? Oh, no. And the latest one, Facebook's going to leave oh. Europe. Yeah, uh, you know, right. Do you ever threaten people? I never do. I just kill them. So, you don't threaten. No, no. I don't threaten. They're just dead. Here, I don't make threats. I make promises. Oh, my God. What are you like? Boom! Steven Seagal? Oh, my God. You are Good like shows the in Steve, town. You are the Steven Good Seagal of podcasts is what you Good are. Good shows That's what I've town. decided. I, You know, I used to watch all the Steven Seagal movies until he got really crazy, but I still like them. I watched one the other day. artist. I, he was in a great movie with Tommy Lee Jones. I can't remember. They were on a, on a ship. It was fantastic. It was like overacting extreme. Anyway, listen, we have a lot to talk about. Uh, Facebook also took down fake pages pushing information about the U.S. election from China, which showed that there is, you know, publicly disclosed instance of Chinese interference, but it was not as widespread, of course, as the Russian interference, um, which sort of went to the argument the Trump administration was using that the Chinese are there, you know, as a counter to the Russians who helped mm -hmm. the Trump administration. So that was interesting. That that was interesting that they're revealing. They also, Nick Clegg, the head of Facebook, uh, comms and policy said that they had a they had like a 
emergency pull button if something happened with the election. I'm assuming what he, he's referring to Trump emergency saying he won't step button. down. Something like that. He was like, Is he, that they like have an emergency. safe word when he's having that crazy There's kind of sex? There's a content thing if things go has? awry. They have a plan. They have a plan to save our planet. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, he said good. it in an interview. I, uh, I feel in, so much better. With FT, I think it was. Um, so Facebook will, sa- Facebook will save us, Scott. Yeah. The other thing that was interesting this week was uh, we're going to talk about Battery Day and Gavin Newsom's announcement about banning gas uh, vehicles. But Microsoft, uh, fresh from its defeat uh, in doing the TikTok deal, is buying a video game company, uh, ZeniMax Media, for $7.5 billion, which is a lot of money, just weeks before the Sony releases its new video game consoles. So Microsoft's really doubling down in in gaming, which they're already strong in, Mm -hmm. uh, which I thought was interesting. So they are willing to buy things, just uh, not not TikTok, I guess. But I couldn't. And the the thing that popped out to me is that they're just buttressing their subscription video game platform mm-hmm. and moving to, I mean, think about, think about to a certain extent video games, which is just an outstanding, it's probably the strongest industry that we don't talk about that much. Mm-hmm. They have considered, they moved from consoles uh, kind of to the cloud or streaming and they moved from buying, you know, those games at Best Buy to subscription. And mm-hmm. the, the industry is really well run. It's, mm-hmm. um, it's about, I think it's something like 15 times the size of the domestic, of basically the domestic uh, film theater business. I mean, it it's is. an enormous business. It's very business. much owned by China, by the way, along with the porn industry, apparently. Porn, really? China, apparently, yes. There's a lot of, inv- and a lot of these games like Epic and some other ones. If you look down the list of owners, there's a lot of Chinese investment in this area. And again, also, someone pointed out to me in the porn industry when I was talking about Grindr being forced sold to a uh, hmm. U.S. company. Interesting. It's an interesting, yeah, it's a great business. You're right. We, we ignore it. We had a reporter who covered it at, um, when I did All Things D, and it just didn't pick up the story. People didn't read the stories as much, but I agree. It's a big industry that gets much ignored, and we don't talk about it. We're not experts on it. but it's no, a, I don't but, get it. But it's important it. that they add to their rundle, which I think is video games. Uh, there's not someone who's really consolidated. I guess a- Apple and, I mean, excuse me, Amazon and Google have tried, but Microsoft really has quietly done a very good job in this sector. Um, okay, we're going to go on to big stories. Let's talk about Battery Day, which is Tesla's day to talk about batteries. They did not release a battery. Uh, and at the same time, Gavin Newsom, the, the governor of California, who I have an interview with this morning, a very long one and a substantive one about climate change and, and also this this new executive mm. order to that ban. That sounds like a page turner. I'm just telling you it is. It's a really that good sounds like You know a what? Pretty jealousy. Hard to, I'm sorry. Pretty jealousy hard to sell is, that as compelling. Unless he's, you, unless compelling. he's doing, unless you use video and he <laughs> doesn't have a shirt on, I am not tuning in. All right. Okay. Listen to me. You should listen to it because it's important. That guy's a Banning. tall drink of lemonade. He's All not right. a governor. He's a tall drink oh, of lemonade. All right. You know what? He was substantially talking about banning gas yeah. cars. So gas uh, power Whatever. Cars. He was married to Kimberly Gafford. Right. can't take you him that what? seriously. You are literally <laughs> just, you are the America. You are America. That's what you are. This is America. Oh, right. go Tesla on. Tesla held like this that. long way to battery. Like and Elon that. Musk shared some bold visions for the company. He unveiled a roadmap for the company called Better, Cheaper, and More Efficient Batteries to set mm-hmm. low lower electric car prices. They announced a future $25,000 fully autonomous car within three years. They had promised this before, I think. But following the announcement, uh, Tesla's stock sunk more than 8% because he didn't roll out a battery. so talk about these twin things going on in California. He, the, the, it was a pretty cool uh, event. He had all the Tesla cars there, and he was uh, they were honking at him. It was pretty surreal and funny. Um, so wh- what do you think? This has had a huge run up. Tesla's had a huge run up, but you know this there wasn't. This is the most important part of um, of, of the equation of uh, electric cars is these batteries and and the reforms. And we go into the technology of it, but let's not. Um, why do you think re- investors responded this way? Was it because they were waiting for it uh, or what? Well, I get I get Tesla stock. I mean, I've been very good at predicting predictions around Tesla yeah, stock. Yeah. I don't know if you remember, but a year and a half ago, I said that Tesla was, it was at 323 and I said it was going to go down. Yeah. And mm-hmm. now it's at 370. So it really hasn't moved much. Oh, wait, it's split five for one. <laughs> it's split five for one. So Tesla right. stock. You is like to four- revisit your defeats, <laughs> don't you? 
The Thank key, you, Napoleon. The key isn't to be right. The key is to catalyze a conversation. Yeah, and I right. catalyzed a lot of conversations you about did. prediction. Let me just Anyways, say, this particular yeah. Waterloo for you is fascinating. But what do you think about this? He's trying to get focus in on this issue. And I think it's an important issue. He just didn't have the battery itself. Yeah, so so look, battery, first off, everyone said it's not looking for a reason why the stock went down. Everyone's looking for a reason to take the stock down because it's just crazy town right now. And mm-hmm. it doesn't need a lot of reason to, to deflate a little bit. And it really doesn't say much. What's interesting about this is that you know, batteries, batteries, battery technology, and essentially the scale around battery manufacturing is really exciting because it's bringing the cost down dramatically. Batteries have come down from about I think it's like twelve hundred dollars per kilowatt to one hundred and fifty mm-hmm. bucks. Basically, every three years, the price gets cut in half, and as mm-hmm. batteries become less expensive, and then you add on top of that the savings. Not only the economic savings from not having to put gas in your car, but the psychological savings of never having to go to the worst retail or the second worst retail in the world, and that's a gas station. Really? I don't mind gas stations. Oh, gas. That is definitely where you're going to get shot by get... a shotgun or something. No. That is like where you get thrown in a van okay. and we never hear from you again. Oh, okay. that was ugly. Sorry, I didn't mean that. Anyways, <laughs> gas stations are – I think the gas station is the most dangerous place. It's a weird thing you have to do. Yes. It's weird. Yes. Think about that. It's yeah. awful. Think you about be able the to merchandising. Plug it in. Yeah. Think about the smell. It's just a weird place. Anyways, okay. anyways, not having to go to a gas station is something I don't miss. But as they get scale here, and mm-hmm. as they um, and as the costs continue to come down, you could for the first time what it felt like when you started to pencil out the numbers that electric cars might be economically advantageous in addition to the technologically and environmentally advantageous. So I thought it was actually pretty. Pretty interesting. I think he's jealous. I think they're all jealous of each other, and he's jealous of Amazon Prime Day. So he decided to have a battery day. Mm-hmm. I don't. You're right. They didn't announce a hell hell of a lot. But what was the learning? What was the learning? The learning or the thing that struck me about this day is that there has been a dramatic shift in the automobile industry and the manufacturing industry in general, and that is any any company that is trying to create an aspirational brand or create differentiation through product by unlocking with different digital technologies is going increasingly vertical. Mm-hmm. And after an unbundling and outsourcing the auto industry where effects, effectively automobile manufacturers were really not manufacturers as much as they were assemblers. Mm-hmm. And the most talented people in the industry were people who understood not supply chain as much as the ability to take 3,800 different parts and get them to one area and assemble something and then roll it off the line. Tesla and a lot of manufacturers are going increasingly vertical, and that is they're producing and manufacturing their own products. And producing and manufacturing your own battery instead of Panasonic is another example of verticalization. And none of this company going vertical around its batteries. They've actually purchased the mineral yeah, rights. that's what's interesting, yeah. To some, some area in Nevada so they can mine their own lithium. So yeah. the verticalization of corporate America and businesses is such a is such a U-turn from where we all thought we were going in the 70s well, and 80s. Well, he said he's going to continue to buy batteries from Pan. I think it's Panasonic. And I think if you look yeah, at the statistics, right. <laughs> Japan, I know, but he is. Uh-huh. No, he announced it. Japan. Just long enough, just yeah. until he has Why would he? This is a critical part of his right. thing. I mean, what, what's interesting is, you know, if you look at who's ahead in back, by the way, the U.S. government's inability to be investing here is crazy because um, it's it's the future but the, the Japan China there's all these countries ahead of the US in terms of battery development so I think it's a really promising area and whoever mm-hmm. whoever moves into this area in a strong way and it could be Elon because he's been obsessed with batteries I can tell you for a lot we've he's talked about batteries to me constantly he, like mm. that's what he discusses often um, and, and what's interesting about that is that can he can he add do as much manufacturing of key elements and the key cost, which is the batteries, as possible? And can he then innovate on batteries? Can he just take out? There was some things he was I'm, again. I'm not going to speak to it because I, I I read up on it. I could speak to it from notes, but but making the batteries more efficient uh, is really the the goal here and cheaper. And so I would think he would want to do this. Now, again, he didn't show off a battery and he did promise these cars would be cheaper. So what I think Elon tends to do is he makes a promise to people, which people think, oh, that's just a lie because he didn't do it. But I think it's a promise to himself. Like he wants to put himself on record so he can be uh not attacked. It's not really, that's not really, I think he just does it because he wants to, he thinks it out loud and he says it Mm -hmm. out loud. And some people see that as a a, a sort of a a P.T. Barnum kind of thing. And and sometimes it is, but I think in this case, he's quite committed to 
this technology. And I think mm-hmm. that's really, and it's, and it's also important and existential for his company, you know, in real terms, you know, if you want to get to, if you want to backfill the valuation they have. And so I, I thought, I, I like that he was focusing on this, even though it's, I like that he was focusing on this topic. I like that he called it battery day, he tried to make it interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with Gavin Newsom. You, you can go on about his looks, which are quite substantive. Um, but he, but he's like, in, in announcing this, he's laying a, a mark in the sand, just like he did with gay marriage. And everyone at the time that he did, this is very mm-hmm. akin to what he did with gay marriage. He said it, he did it, it was illegal when he did it, it fought it all the way. And, every, and he lost a lot of political capital at the time, he really did. But guess what? You know, of course, now we're looking at a court that could push back some of these rights, probably not marriage. But at the time, no one, everyone thought it was a crazy thing to say and do. And the same thing with the cars. You've got to at some point say, this is the way we're going and this is what Mm -hmm. we're aiming for. And so you change the discussion. And so I, I do admire when people do things like that. That's my feeling on a lot of this stuff. Goals are important, and yeah. and the best way to predict the future is to make it. And I think it was the World Health Organization said we're going to cut abject poverty in half in 20 years, and it took them 10 years. But goals and metrics are important. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, I think at some point, Jerry Brown or Edmund Brown, the governor of California, said we're going to reduce emissions by a certain amount by a certain right. date. And I, I grew up in Los Angeles, and I remember going to the beach Taking the, the the RTD bus down to the beach and going to you know lifeguard station nineteen and mm-hmm. I, by the time I got home I had trouble breathing right and now the air in, in Los Angeles or at least my understanding is is right. cleaner and of course the Trump administration is fighting the emission yeah, standards in California but what's that. interesting is Newsom you know I think car companies see this they they actually went along a lot of them many of them publicly some of them yeah. privately. They're not sitting or wait for the government to do this. They know around the world they're being pressed on emission standards. And so yep. they're just going to go there. Why not just go where the business is going? Same thing with this. Now, everyone was like, oh, car companies are going to fight it. No, they're not. This is the future. Like, why would you, why would you hold on to a technology which is gas and fossil fuels when it's so clear what Elon's doing, what others are doing? Uh, and if you're the governor of California, why not say this is where we're going to do it and this is where you should locate your company and this is where it has so many follow-on ideas that if you don't state this goal, and, and even though a lot of people think it's not enough because European com- countries have said in 10 years, not, not by, not, not, uh, not, or, or less than his, you know, in, in a timeline. And so I just, it just puts a mark in the sand that says this. And he did, he had to do it by executive order. And the other thing he did was fracking, which he wants the legislature to, to work on. But I, I don't know. I feel like if you don't start talking about these things, it, it's so easy for the press to say PR. I, I remember the gay marriage thing and everybody saying this is PR and this mm-hmm. is this. And it was actually started the whole thing. Well, it changed people's lives, right? Yeah, but it it was illegal, and then it was pushed back. And having been in the middle of it, it was illegal. You you did it, and then it was. I literally, I got married, and then I got a letter from the after the after Prop Eight, not Prop Eight, after uh, the Supreme Court. There was all, all kinds of legal wrangling, but I got a letter saying, "Oh, your your fee has been returned. My marriage was ended by my fee has been returned because they could because it was a fee that you That's paid." That's weird. I know it was weird, but then it went forward, and then there was Prop Eight, yeah. and then you were grandfathered in, and then there's Supreme Court. It just it starts off a rolling pebble to these things, and I think this these kind of this is a the wildfires in California are a perfect backdrop to we have to do this now, like stop it, like that kind of mm-hmm. thing, and so. Whatever you think about the PR of both these things, I'm I'm all You're for on board. It. I'm on board for this kind of PR. And and to be this cynical when the president is talking about not leaving office and saying stupid things about tuna cans and you know just come on. This is important stuff. This is existential for our children. Thank you. That's the, my speech. Well, you 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 said it last uh last week that mm-hmm. uh, you quoted um RBG, and she said the dissenters become yeah. the mainstream if they do it with leadership, with courage, and they don't they don't pour salt in the earth behind them and alienate yeah. um, people. And something I always coach young people around is there's there's a difference between being right and being effective, and you need to be both. Right. And people just focus on you know, well, I'm right, so everyone should fall in line behind me. But there, there's a, something I'm thinking a lot about, and I, I think the Biden administration would be well versed to start a narrative around. We're all talking about the downside and the mistakes we've made around uh, COVID-19, but what are the opportunities or specifically, what are we going to leave behind? And the thing that strikes me, the real opportunity is let's leave behind 20 to 30% of our emissions. 
And that is if we can figure out a way to give people the ability to work from home, if we can figure out a way to uh, incorporate into the workforce more seamlessly working mothers such they don't have to commute as much, if we can figure out a way to reduce, quite frankly, business travel, Mm -hmm. could we leave 10, 20, 30% of our emissions behind? Because I didn't think it was any accident. I remember going out during the real lockdown when it actually was Mm -hmm. a real lockdown. And a couple times in Florida, uh, going outside and thinking, this is the most beautiful day. I have ever seen. And I went on, I forget it was, the National Atmospheric Association.org or whatever, and it showed that Florida emissions or carbon over, you know, over our atmosphere had gone down substantially. And so a lot of it, this is a huge opportunity professionally, personally, from a societal standpoint, to sit down and say, okay, this is an opportunity. I've shaken the etch-a-sketch. What are the lines? Do I need to draw back the lines the same way they were? What are we going to leave behind here? What goes away? Well, I think it's true. I think it's, it, you do you remember the movie, uh, I'm blanking, the Jake Gyllenhaal movie. I always talk about it because I thought it had such an impact on me, even though it was such a corny movie. Brokeback Mountain? I liked no, it. No, I liked no, it. no. The one where he, where the, oh, wait. Where, the, where the climate, like he's in the, the thing in New York with Emmy Rosson and and hmm. his father, Dennis Quaid, comes to look for him. I'm totally blanking. Oh, anyway, about the extreme weather. Extreme weather. And at yeah. the end, the uh, the uh, I don't know why it got me. The the astronauts are up in space and they're safe from the whole global whatever mm-hmm. everything that happened. There was a freezing of most of the most half of the world essentially. And he looked down and he said, "It's never been clearer." You know what I mean? And I think that mm-hmm. was because there was no nobody was doing anything and nobody the, the world had been cleaned up again and so there is something to the idea of not moving or finding technological ways to work at home of 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 consuming less and i think one of the things in the interview with gavin which is substantive and you should listen to you're not gonna listen to any mm-hmm. of them but that's all right i talk about you during the whole time so maybe i'll tell you that really no well i'll have to tune in all the time <laughs> not now. At all. but what what i think is was substantive about it is we've done a lot on the demand side now we have to do a lot on the demand side we have to do a ton more on the demand side. And even though they've done a lot on emissions, they've done a lot on this and whatever they do with batteries or car mm-hmm. selling, they have to do it on the demand side. Um, and that's where they, whether it's agriculture, whether it's anything else. And he's going to get, there was already a trending among the conservatives, hashtag recall Gavin. And I said, what do you think about that? He goes, we have 55 lawsuits with the federal government right now. And uh, this is the 20th time they've tried to recall me. So good friggin' luck. Anyway. All right, Scott, we're going to do a quick break. We're going to talk about DOJ's antitrust case against Google and a listener mail question. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You've heard it before. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. But it's more than just a tagline. Because State Farm agents are small business owners themselves who live and work in your community. And if you're in the market for small business insurance, who better to work with than an agent who understands what it takes? State Farm agents can help you create a personalized insurance plan that fits your small business needs and budget. Talk to your local State Farm agent today about small business insurance. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Support for this podcast comes from Constant Contact. If you're a business owner, you already know that it's really, really hard to cut through the noise of everyday life. If you want to connect with your customers, you need to break through the noise. You need Constant Contact. Constant Contact is a marketing platform that makes it easy to reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and connect over email, text, social media, and more. Whether you're a marketing guru or just learning the ropes, Constant Contact offers writing assistance tools and automation features that make it simple to say the right thing at the right time. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Okay, Scott, we're back. Uh, Google, the Department of Justice, is outlining to state officials its antitrust inquiry on Google, expected to focus on search, uh, which is what a shock. It's one of the final steps for filing the landmark case against the company. The case is expected to focus on Google's search business and whether the company's used its dominant search position to block rivals and harm consumers. This would be the first major action against big tech companies in forever, really. I mean, since 
for, for a long time, if you count AT&T and others. So this is a long time coming. And I went through my archives uh, this week and I found literally a 2008 article where I talked about this. Like, why aren't, why isn't the FTC acting here with these, when Google was trying to take over Yahoo search, for example? What do you, what do you think about this? Do you think it's a win for the Trump administration? A lot of the prosecutors don't want it to go forward so quickly because they feel like they don't have enough of a case, but there's a lot of hubbub inside the, the Department of Justice. What do you think? I do think it's a win for the Trump administration because I, I, we've been talking about this a while. When one mm-hmm. organization controls 93% of all searches, controls 93% of a $150 billion industry called search, yeah, it's it's clear that this requires more scrutiny. Uh, and the, the lawyers around the DOJ were somewhat recalcitrant. And I don't think it was they said there's no merit here. They said we need more time to bulk up and get in shape for this because you know that Google's going to throw about seven billion lawyers at this. And so I I do think it's actually a win for the administration. I also think that focusing in on search dominance as opposed to like the EU is looking at, at Fitbit in their antitrust probe of Google. Mm-hmm. I, I think you focus on, you know, you just focus on, on what's going, you focus on the key here. Search. And, and it's search. And 93%. Um, although I do think, you know what, I think it's a little bit of a wrench in mm-hmm. the, uh, in the FTC or the DOJ's uh, plan. As I think Apple is going back to this notion of vertical. I think Apple's going to uh, launch a fairly competent search engine, and they're going to start blocking. You keep saying this. Well, it just it just makes. I just think it makes a lot of sense. Anyways, yeah. my point. My point. I think it it is a win for the administration. I think it's too bad the DOJ doesn't have more resources. I hope they get increased funding. I think some right. of the brightest legal minds in the world are at the DOJ. Yep. Uh, but yeah, it's an October surprise. It's an, I think they have, and somewhere in the Trump administration, there's a list of a dozen or two dozen things that are like, we're going to announce these things, whether we do them or, or not, whether they make any sense, we're going to announce these things before November 3rd. And this is one of them. But I think this is one of those things that will continue even if Trump is booted from office. What do you think? I think it's, I think I have to give credit. I mean, here's the thing. I do, do worry that, here's why I'm worried about these prosecutors pulling out. Not Because I do think prosecutors can be a little too cautious. And you, I was looking at that book by the uh, um, Mueller uh, guy who was number two to him. And they mm-hmm. were too cautious. They were just too, they're always too like cautious and worried. And so uh, what I'm worried is that they're not prepared to fight Google. And so worry when I see, hear noise of, people within the Justice Department thinking we don't have the case yet, we haven't got it yet. Um, sometimes they can be over, we haven't got it yet. You know, we, we all know what the problem is, and we've known it for a decade. And I think the, the failure of the Obama administration to act in any of these areas over all this time was is, rep, is just a real knock on them. I talked about it with Gene Sperling and some others mm-hmm. before. Um, but I, I do think they need to take action. I think they're doing it politically, which is I wish they would have done it before and really prepared it and really put the resources into it. Same thing with the FTC. If they really cared, they would have funded the FTC properly. If they really cared, they would have really talked about this instead of talking about tuna cans, like, you know what I mean? Or whatever Mm -hmm. ridiculous bullshit they talk about. And so just like the executive order around 230, just like this TikTok thing, it could be another debacle, and they then miss the shot at big tech. They're missing the shot at China right now. They miss yeah, the shot at executive uh, 230 from. That's and if they point. miss this shot because they're incompetent, and by the way, they're incompetent, that's really the problem. If they don't have the buy-in from those real career Justice Department officials because Bill Barr has decided to to become mm-hmm. this strange henchman of of Donald Trump, that's my problem with them. So I like that they're doing it. I just want them to do it well so that it doesn't fail. And and so it, it, we'll see. And I think, what what do you think Google is doing right now? I mean, they had oh to have seen this coming for, a, what, a decade? Google is lining up. Looking they're up testing their, their armaments in Spain. They're getting the, they're fine tuning their, their Messerschmitts, their Panzer tanks. They are lining yeah. up so many resources at the border. The scariest thing about this, to your point, is the DOJ, the initial brief that they're going to file is, is supposedly has 40 lawyers on it. That mm-hmm. is nothing. That is literally no. pissing in the ocean at this battle. And many have left. Many and have if left. they don't do it well, if yeah. they don't get momentum behind this, they risk the state AGs not joining in. 
The other thing is people aren't really mad at Google or Amazon. That's going to be one of the biggest things is people like these companies, right? They mm-hmm. sort of have a, they, they have a vague, they don't like Facebook so much and they have a vague sense that there's problems around tech, but they haven't built the case that why we should hate the, I mean, I think one of the things Microsoft was well disliked when they took on that case. It was, you know, including by the industry, they'll have to have compelling testimony by the Yelps and the whatever, the Fitbits or whoever it is. Um, and so that's, they've got to build a PR case out here. And, you know, when it's coming at you from Bill Barr, anything that that guy says, I'm like lying, lying, lying. And so that's one of, one of the things I just, I don't even want to look forward to his press conference because I'll just be like, he's, I just can't look at him. Right. You know, so that's one of their big issues. And they're, they're so well liked, um, these companies. And I think I wouldn't discount that. I would push that. back on that. I think okay. there's a general unease around big tech and you yeah. have a coalition by, by, of. By normal, by, by the normals, not by you and me. By the norm, I, I do think that people um, have an uneasy feeling uneasy. Of, uh, yes. about income inequality and don't can't exactly connect the dots, but do have exactly. a feeling that big tech's dominance is is not a good thing for um, America. And you've seen all fifty states support antitrust action and have formed a coalition against yep. Google. And that's agreed. You know, that's Reds, that's Mississippi to Oregon. Everybody's mm-hmm. like, yeah, this is. Well, they could too also much. be seeing like, here's the honey pot. Like, come on, they're not necessarily. You think it's money? I do. I just, I, I, I just think it's going to be a much more difficult thing. And I'm worried that this administration is incompetent to the task, even if they're doing yeah. it. And they've proven to be so sloppy everywhere else, sloppy and political. And so both those things together. Um, it'll be interesting to see what, wh- who will take uh, proactive action. I would think Apple might. Like, I, even though they've publicly been sort of insulting the Epic Games, Tim Sweeney and that company, they've been pretty aggressive pushing back. I think someone, some some company like Apple is going to be like, all right, here's what we'll do. Like, here's, here's here, throw us in the briar patch kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, please. And I think that's the smarter move. Here, I'm not sure what Google can do except fight it, right? And make them prove their case. That's, that's, I think they oh, could. they'll throw everything they, they could, have That's at what this. I mean. I think if I was Google, I would be a little bit like, no, no. Oh, they've already there. said no. They, right. they haven't said no. They've said nine. I mean, they are coming for these guys. Like, the, I, are you kidding? I, I would hate to go up against Google and everybody. When I met with Senator. Sundar um, seems so nice. When I met with Senator, they all seem nice. That's the point. <laughs> no, they and, don't. It, when I met with uh, Senator Warner, and we were, yeah. and like, you got to go out. Yeah, tell me identity. about your meetings with the uh, with the uh, the people of you. You go up there a lot. You're always with those guys. Well, they they get it. These guys are get it. I actually always feel better about our country when I meet with our elected representatives. Yeah, but you do. Senator Warner, I was with his two top legislative aides, and they said, "Well, what would you do?" And I'm like, "You got to have to go anti-competitive identity." Um, Section two thirty, and the, the, you could just see the 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 age just like lowered their head, and they're like, "We're outgunned." Yeah, to try and take on these things, we have lot. You know, we would just if we even breathe that way, we're 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 picking we're poking a bear the size of Godzilla. Yeah, and that's the problem is that a key step to tyranny is when government no longer becomes a countervailing force, but a co-conspirator, a, yeah. a co-conspirator. And we talk about this unholy alliance between, or this unwritten agreement between. The Zuck and Trump, where he said, where Zuck has basically said, okay, don't break us up, don't fuck with us, and I'll continue yeah. to weaponize the platform, uh, let you weaponize the platform. You know, it was a really unholy alliance from about, what? I don't know, 2008 to 2016, the alliance between Obama and Google. Uh, I agree. And agreed. we as liberals don't like to talk about it, but I the do. reality is. Hello. Other, other than Kara Swisher, other than I have, Swish. I have, with Eric Schmidt and everything else, it was By ridiculous. By the way, who's interviewing Eric Schmidt for his podcast this Who? week? You? Oh, he's all over the place. That's interesting. Yeah, what is, he's What out are you there. talking to you about? What if he he's talk? on my pod, it means he's selling something pretty no, hard. No, 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 no. I don't what, know what, what we're talking what? about. He literally, he or his people reached out and said, we'd like to come on your pod. So uh-huh. I'm just going to, but from 2008 to 2016, I think, and we don't like to admit this, but there was a very strong relationship between the Obama campaign and Google. Mm-hmm. And my sense is, Obama. Obama told his his DOJ kind of, you know, back right. off of Google because this has blown by any reasonable litmus test for antitrust investigation. This should right. have happened a decade ago. And now the, this will be a key test. Have we been overrun? Your point is that we need to do it well because we only get one bite at the apple here. Don't screw this up. Mm-hmm. The good news is it's not going to take very. I mean, there's just not that much time between. It's yeah. unlikely they can. Yeah, they've waited they can a long foul time. Foul the waters in thirty days, right? Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, this is going to go on. It's a question whether the Biden administration has, if it wins, or the Trump administration has the wherewithal. They'll just drop it. That's my feeling. They're just going to drop it, and we're going to be in the exact I same. A, I have a question for you. Yeah. As, uh, Senator Harris, is yeah. she, do you see complex, her? Complex, complex, my friend. Her relationship with big tech, do you see her coming in and being um, an apologist for big tech because no. she's taking money there or that she'll go after them? What do you think is going to happen there? She has gone after them in a minor way, I would say. And she and she's also been friendly with them. You know what I mean? She knows them all. She's, not, I wouldn't say friends, but she's friendly with them. And it, well, you would be. You're a senator from California. You're going to be right. friendly with the tech industry. Yeah. She never goes for the jugular. And she goes for jugulars and she doesn't go for the jugular here. She goes mm-hmm. around the around the edges, which are important. The edges are the privacy stuff's important. But she doesn't go for the, this is terrible kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Although she tried during one of the debates around Twitter, if you remember, and it didn't land. Like, we have to stop Twitter. There was a thing where she... I don't I, remember that. She did that. She went, she went like, about we have to do this, and it just didn't... Nobody cared. And that's the other thing, is it just doesn't... You know what polls well? Healthcare. You know what polls well? Saying you're going to, like, overturn uh, abortion rights. Um, what Nancy Pelosi actually did point out to me, and I hadn't thought about this, although it's kind of basic was the Trump administration had the Senate and the House for two years and they didn't do any abortion legislation, right? Like, why not? She goes, when they had power, they did nothing. It's all for the base. It's all noise. It's all like... They're not really... My sense is Republicans aren't really... I, at least I've always felt They just want to like, use it to get everyone yeah, all it's a, it's exercised an, it's a, and then it's leave an, it to the courts. That's right. But they don't, they don't want to be the ones that actually make that's it right. difficult for your 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 daughter or, right. or to actually get, right. you know, and have so, family planning. So I think Kamala Harris will not be... She does stuff around the edges, and I don't know what would prompt her to do anything else. I, I you know, I don't know. I don't know what, what you have to be prompted, right? So, and it's not her nature. She's very uh, canny strategically, you know. So, it just doesn't. What does it get her? I can see. I think everything that she does is that. What does it get her? And so we'll see. We'll see. Um, but we'll, but Google will surely fight back hard. And who's going to be, last one, who's going to be the next one who's going to get, uh, it's got to be Amazon. Facebook, they'll never touch. Well, maybe the, the Biden administration will, will do that, but not anybody else. I think it's, I actually do think it's Facebook because I think there'll be more political wind or, or support. And mm-hmm. I think Amazon is a tough one because the consumer harm is much more difficult to prove there, and they have a very, if you look at their respective industries, whether it's the cloud, whether it's retail, they don't have the same type of market share that these other firms to make an easier market. Right. And the one that'll go last, it'll be regulation, but it won't be antitrust, will be uh, Apple. But that's a rational argument, and I have not seen rational constructs be injected into any of this so far. Yeah, I think big tech once again slides away. Slides away. Yeah, I do think some of the emails of both Google and especially Facebook, just even the ones that David Cicilline put out, were mm-hmm. like, "Oh, that's uncomfortable." But that give doesn't give us an mean, example. What are the kinds of you things? know land grab? We're going to neutralize people, like the idea mm-hmm. that, that that they're trying to take out competitors. I think that's the, he was starting to go in the direction I go. It's like, look what they're doing to American innovation. Look what they're doing to small companies. That's the case you make. And mm-hmm. he was starting to release those, and we'll see. You know, small businesses can't. That's like that's a winning argument versus these people. These big, they're the richest people in the world. Jeff Bezos has two hundred million dollars. That's you know, uh, Mark Zuckerberg is is ruining democracy. That's the way you go. And I think it takes a lot of guts for uh, someone to do that. Uh, we'll I see. I Representative Cicilline oversaw the, yeah. or chaired the best hearing we've had in a long the time. Smartest. He just needs to stop lying. He's he's a total Joey from Ronkonkoma, Long Island. That I'm guy's not, not from Maryland I'm or wherever not. he says he's from. <laughs> Is that guy Long Island or what? I don't that, know. That guy's like the really smart guy in Long Everyone's Island. Everyone's from somewhere else, Scott. Where are you oh, from? Oh, oh, come on. Amy Klobuchar from Minnesota. Give me yeah, a break. Yeah, she's from Minnesota. She's, she's no, from, she's not. Where is she she's from? She's super real estate broker Joan from Atlanta. She's okay. the best real estate broker in where Buckhead. Where are you from? Where where you call from, as my people from West Virginia would say? Where do you call from? I don't know. I haven't really thought about that. Right. My people come that. from West Virginia. My people and West from Virginia. Italy. That's not, that's not where I would have gone, West Virginia. Well, I can't help it. That's where my dad was born. Yeah, there you my go. My family is there. My, my That go. side of the family, I don't see them Where as in West Virginia, Kara? Uh, Morgantown and then the Hills and Hollers. I'll tell you, I met a couple of cousins up in there. Yeah. Morgantown. 
Yeah, Morgantown, West Virginia. Well, That's the you, fancy made, town of West Virginia. They made a stranger face when they met you, Kara. They're uh, like, who the fuck is this? Yeah, they did. I had, <laughs> That's where I had this? my famous... Uh, she they writes all, about Google. No, no, that was right. We had some cousin fest and and a while back, and uh, it was during the uh, the they were the, it was the first Trump thing, and they had all been Trumpies, and they were like, "Carrie, you sure did the, you know, our our candidate won. We're winning this and that. We won this and mm-hmm. that." And I said, "You know what? Let me just review it for you." I said, "I'm like I make four thousand times more than you guys do. I'm going to benefit from this from a financial point of view, and you're going to get screwed because that's the way it's going to happen. And so you really won. Good luck. I find that people from West Virginia respond really well to their cousins Mm. coming down. Yeah, I'm a city Their lesbian cousins coming down from New York and talking about how much more money they make than them. I find that that's just a way to warm yourself to their hearts. There's nothing like a sore winner. I just didn't like a sore winner. And I was like, I— You're the sore winner. uh, I am not. No, I lost. I lost. You're the sore winner. I was only pointing out that they were not exploring (laughs) the entire situation as they— And I, of course, would be happy to pay more taxes in that regard. Anyway, okay. You should absolutely be— in every email with sick of all this winning question mark <laughs> love from love from dc sick like, of all I, this winning I have some lovely relationships there anyway let's go on to a listener mail question you've got you've got i can't believe i'm gonna be a mailman you, you, you've got mail hey karen scott this is rebecca your producer i'm coming to you from my studio apartment in brooklyn where i've been producing pivot since march With the Supreme Court top of mind, what issues in tech and data privacy do we expect to see coming up to the bench? Do you expect a conservative-leaning court to deal with those issues differently? And if the Democrats do take the Senate in November, how will that affect Silicon Valley? By the way, if you're a listener and working in tech and want to flag an issue that you think is underreported, email us at pivot at voxmedia.com. Thanks, guys. I think if the Democrats take the Senate in November, I think they'll be tougher on Silicon Valley. I don't know if it'll be effective. I mean, in this interview with uh, Nancy Pelosi, she called Facebook disreputable. She said they were going to take action. I don't know. She has to have power to do so. So we'll see. It depends if they... We'll see. I don't know. There's nothing really coming down the pipe except privacy legislation, antitrust, fines, stronger FTC. With the courts, I don't think there's any cases that I'm aware of that that are coming up from below. I think it'll be all cultural cases, culture and society cases. I don't know, Scott, what do you think? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not a judicial scholar. Actually, I'm not a scholar on anything, but uh, I think this happens most likely, and I've been saying this for a while, from the state AGs, specifically California and New York, and also from Europe. Yeah. Um, but I'm hopeful, and obviously, I think a Democratic administration would be, I mean, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head. It, 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 to pick your issues across Trump is a little bit of a, of a, you know, a kabuki dance because they're just so incompetent. Right. And they have, I think, you know, the trade war made a lot of sense, at least from a from an intention standpoint or right. reasons behind it, but it was just so, it's been so poorly executed. I actually think that banning TikTok, if you had decided to ban over time all Chinese internet companies, mm-hmm. I think there was legitimacy around that concern. Yeah. There was risk, con- you know, legitimate risk concerns. But they've just been so bad at this that, you know, the, the boring stuff is what changes America. The number of judicial, the number of judges at every level that have been appointed over the last four years have probably been the most damaging thing if you're progressive over the long term. Yes. But when you think about it, he's been talking about, I mean, my favorite, we have, we're overturning Obamacare and we have a new health care plan. There's no health care plan anywhere. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they don't have, health care is really hard and requires smart people to do smart right. work. And that's just not the hard work the Trump administration wants to do right now. And just, I don't know, I don't feel, uh, it's so hard for us to imagine a Trump administration, you know, we have such PTSD or whatever you call it, or Trump syndrome. I just, it's hard for me to even envision what might happen if Trump is reelected. But yeah. the only he thing protests that- protests protests for four years. Well, to a certain extent, the 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 Trump the the, the I don't want to say the saving grace, but one of the things that makes the Trump administration a little less scary is their incompetence on mm-hmm. certain things because they mm-hmm. don't make a lot of progress around stuff. A more competent administration, well, they do. Like Dick Cheney was both dangerous. scary and very competent. Mm-hmm. I think Dick Cheney was scarier in some ways than Donald Trump mm-hmm. because he was very competent and smart and elegant and smooth and understand his constituencies. So, anyways, what are your thoughts? I think that that. They, it's a it's a bipartisan and not nonpartisan, but a bipartisan issue about big tech. I think that's mm-hmm. one thing for sure, and so that's that's where there's a good chance something can get done, and and why not? But it's why would you do it? First of all, 
everyone's got to clean up this country, the economic recovery. There's so much stuff to happen. No one's going to get to it. This is kind mm-hmm. of a, 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 it's not a must do, it's a would like to do. And so right. that's the issue is there's so many other things to fight about. And uh, just recovery is going to be the first couple of years of whoever, or else more destruction if it's Donald Trump, I think. Um, the second thing, the only area that I think would be interesting is this this, this uh, access to cell phones and encryption. I think that's a really, that was a really interesting thing. And as Rebecca's pointed out in our notes here, when the Supreme Court ruled on the warrant to access cell phone location data, all the dissenters in the case were Republicans. So they're very, that is, the, encryption could be an interesting situation. And that, they, most Republicans tend to lean the Jim Comey way, which was uh, much was much more uh, hand over your stuff uh, kind of stuff, and so uh, that's that would be the area, and that's a big that is a big fight, and that is a big deal, and so mm-hmm. I would suspect that would be something that's important. Otherwise, you know, if if there's nothing rising up about privacy, there's so many other issues. There's going to be fights about abortion. There's going to be fight about gay, pushing back gay rights in in favor of religious rights. Um, so I think we're going to be spending a lot of time arguing about stuff we argued about in the 1980s. Still, and, and big tech's going to sail right out. Unfortunately, in a lot of things, it's going to take, as Scott said, regulation and lawmaking, legislating to handle this, and not the courts. So. There you have it. All right, Scott, one more quick break. We'll be back uh, for predictions. I hope you have a good one. Okay. Okay, Scott, it's been another wildly unpredictable week. We've got the debates coming up, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But still, can you predict something for tech and business? Something? Something? Sure. So I'm fascinated by um, a couple of years ago, began talking about and made up a word called Rundle. The recurring revenue yes. bundles were going to be this incredibly Rundle. powerful concept. And that has played out and it continues to play out. I think there's another concept on the horizon. Um, Ooh, and, a new word? Yeah, and, um, or a new term. And that okay. is, I am fascinated with TikTok. And I'm trying to think about, mm-hmm. in contrast to something like Quibi, why TikTok is so powerful. And I think it's a... a, a I think it's a collision of a variety of, of trends. And the first is, and, and most importantly, is signal liquidity. And that is if I watch a one-hour show, well, well, give me a moment. All right, okay. So signal liquidity, you get about two points of signal or two signals when you watch Netflix. A, you pick that program. B, you watch it all the way through. And that informs the algorithm or the recommendation engine. Whereas when I spend an hour on TikTok between likes, comments, the amount of time I watch it, and the fact that they're 15 to 30 seconds in duration, I get somewhere between... Or, or ByteDance gets somewhere between eight and 1,600 signals within the same hour period, meaning the inputs and the calibration that feed or the, the inputs and signals mm-hmm. that feed the algorithm give it just such incredible calibration that it can move to exactly what you want much, much faster than any other media company. So if you think about e-commerce, e-commerce has an algorithm that sits on top, including how to get, get that product faster to you, what, what else to recommend based on what you put in your basket. Right. There's pretty strong kind of algorithmic e-commerce to date, not really strong. And then algorithmic media has gone crazy, whether it's Netflix or TikTok, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Google. The media companies that have really gone to a trillion dollars have two things. They leverage free content from their consumer base, and sitting on top of it is an incredible algorithm. I I think, and by the way, I think there's more than a 50% likelihood this deal never closed, but I think the TikTok or the, the, the Trojan horse or the sleeping innovation here, the sleeping giant in this <laughs> deal is Walmart and TikTok. And <laughs> that is if Walmart can partner with TikTok to figure out a way to gather signal liquidity around specific consumer categories, I would start with grocery mm-hmm. and then feed people images video saying, what is the produce? What are the types of meals? What is your weight class economically? Right, right, I get it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, they start zeroing in on, okay, we're going to send you three boxes. We're going to set up cold storage outside your house, two boxes of the brands and things we think you want and love. The third mm-hmm. box is empty. Put the stuff back in the box you don't wa- want, which, by the way, is more 
more signals that they can calibrate on and then use voice. They'd have to partner with a voice, probably Google, because they don't want to compete with Amazon directly to get more and more signals. And we may move to where I think the world is heading. That's what I call zero-click ordering. Oh. Everyone talks about that's, one we'll click. That's finally getting to the word, zero-click ordering. It's not, that's not my word. Anyways, okay. I think Walmart and TikTok could potentially, <laughs> potentially introduce this new field that I'm calling ACOM, and that's algorithmic commerce, which is basically zero click. And that is fulfilling and sending you products before you you order them. The same way I have to go on Quibi, I have to learn about something, then I have to pick it. No more of that shit. That model doesn't work anymore. Okay, ACOM. This is, I get all the groceries that 90% are accurate, and even some of them, 10 or 20%, I'm surprised and delighted by. I never mm-hmm. would have picked on my own because they so know— a special surprise box. Right. They know before I know yep. it that I'm really into Labradors, which apparently right. I am, according to TikTok. But yep. I think that the reason that Walmart is taking a 7.5% stake here, people say, well, it's about social commerce. That's a big snooze. Walmart can buy ads on TikTok on their own without— yeah. Owning seven and a half percent. The real opportunity for Walmart is to leapfrog Amazon and go from one click commerce to zero commerce in this new field. I would call ACOM like or it. algorithmic I like commerce. I like it. I like it. Now, interestingly, you're talking about the deal. I know a little bit. I was going to write a column this week, but I got super busy with this new podcast. But um, one of the things is they, they, they all the, a lot of this, they're worried the people involved in the deal that it's going to come through, especially as Trump keeps weighing in stupidly, like especially mm-hmm. around that museum of propaganda. None of them wanted, were knowledgeable about that. And they, the thing they were going to create was a STEM thing for un, underprivileged kids. That's what they were trying to do. And then Trump weighs in on the how to teach real American history, which they were like, no. Oh, God, that's a weird one. I know. Of course, Trump keeps doing this. So that's the thing. And he keeps saying he's, he blessed it and this and that. And so they're trying to stay quiet. So he'll go away, essentially. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and they're sort of embarrassed by it, but they won't say that publicly. And so I think, you know, and then there's the whole China, whether the Chinese will go along with this and, and who's, who owns what. And they can pretend which one owns it. But I believe in this, in the way they're doing the the watering down and the dilutions, it will have mostly, it will have a majority U.S. investors. And when the Chinese figure that out, they won't let it happen, right? I know ByteDance is saying. That's a head fake. It's about exactly. who controls the that's algorithm. Right. If you look at big exactly. tech. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. One of the problems with the markets we've, is, is uh, corporate governance is supposed to mimic governance. And that is, you know, one person, one vote. Mm-hmm. And, and we bastardize it with redlining and gerrymandering and the electoral college. But generally yep. speaking, the person that gets power, the person who has authority is the person that gets the most individual vote, votes. And corporate governance is supposed to be one share, one vote. But big tech, because everyone was so horny to get these deals done, VCs initially, and it's kind of started with Google, agreed to give Larry and Sergey control of the yep. company, despite the fact they didn't have economic control. So the Salzburgers, the Ford family, own between 4 and 16% of the company, but control it. That is unhealthy. When you disarticulate accountability and risk from authority, it ends up perverting Agreed. the decision-making process. Yep. So what we have, again, with big tech is these they don't have economic control, but they have control. And the fact that we're getting some cold comfort that by the time we do the math around all the dilution that American companies, including General Atlantic and Sequoia, mm-hmm. might own combined 52%, meaning we don't need to worry, that has nothing to fucking do with it. Agreed. It's whoever's in charge with the, of the algorithm and can influence the programming and the intent behind the humans programming the so algorithm. So it has to be Oracle. And that's going to be... Yeah, but Oracle just be the cloud. They, they, it, well, no, it's they're doing gonna... other things to it. I, they're not incompetent into this task in terms of security, but it's not their it's not their area of expertise. The question is, they aren't going to. They're not going to have anything to do with the actual running of the content of this service. They don't. They don't. They know they don't have the expertise, so that will be left to the company. And therefore, if they're using that algorithm, how can they really? You're right. It's just. It, it's not who has the most. It's who controls the algorithm. We've talked about this, who controls the code. And if it continues to be Chinese-generated code, that's going to be very difficult to to differentiate. And I think the, the I think the two problems here is one, it's a global this to create this TikTok global. It's a it was a global company with so many different owners, mm-hmm. you know, including from Europe and everywhere else, as I said before, that it's really hard to it's hard to buy it outright and it's hard to run it like this. And so 
that's the problem. Like that, that that's the problem ultimately. And TikTok, so, I, I, I've come full. I've gone fox on this. TikTok scares the shit out of me. If people, if if Facebook can be weaponized by the Chinese and the Russians because they have a group of American shareholders and management that are more concerned mm-hmm. with their economic well-being than the well-being of the Commonwealth, then what on earth would stop? TikTok from somebody in China and the in the party there deciding, you know what? Every time the pandemic rages on in the U.S., we they cede advantage and geopolitical leverage to us. So let's start putting out a lot of content and let's favor content that begins to raise concerns and insecurity around a vaccine. Right. They yep. could absolutely do that out of China. And if you think they can't do it, Jesus Christ, look at what Facebook and Google. Yep. Managed to do with very little Chinese. I have a burner phone. I don't trust this. I don't, but you're right. The influence part, you know, when we talked to Alex, the three things were access to data, which he wasn't as worried about, uh, possible backdoors, which he's like, look, that could happen on any part of the equation where, because so much is made in China. And then was influence, was propaganda machine, propaganda and influence. And that is really, and the problem is, even though Trump's trying to do this museum of propaganda or this foundation of propaganda, he, we're not good at it. We're just not good at it the way they are. And we have to understand who we're playing with. And they, as you said, they wait it out and they, and this is the, it goes back to the same thing we're talking about with, with the Google and I trust is they have the ability to wait, a, wait everyone out. The Chinese have the ability to wait the government out. And the government is so twitchy and incompetent in dealing with it. And under this particular administration, Everything is for the press release or a political thing and not it's become political and not policy. That's the issue is it's not policy. And so when you're handing the president of the United States graphs to make him understand with his name on it, you're not going to make good policy. It's just not going to happen. And uh, and then the Biden administration is going to spend a lot of time cleaning up. If they win, that's what it's going to be about cleaning up. And I don't know. It's going to be we are. We are in a situation, we are outmatched in many ways. We yeah, we have, I think we have actually been traditionally very good at propaganda, whether it's, you know, dropping leaflets from flying super fortresses over Berlin mm-hmm. saying, if you surrender, we're not going to kill you. We're not mm-hmm. weird. And your your yeah. your leader has already killed himself. And, right. And the CIA weaponizing yes, newspapers in Latin America. The, the thing that America is going to have to come to grips with is we're, you, we're used to bombing other countries. Yeah. And the idea of a foreign entity actually bombing us seems Already. just so alien that we can't even relate to Russia it. Russia lost the Cold War. They won this one. Because we're used to being, you know, we're, we're used to being the lead dog that are, we bark and everyone, you know, just yeah. quivers. And yeah. for the first time, I think one of the things that the, the great acceleration that COVID has brought on is that now China is the geopolitical superpower. Yeah. And we're just not used to being played. We're not used to not being the one to call the shots. We're yeah. not used to someone else being better at propaganda. And what's especially insulting, and it's much easier to fool people than convince mm-hmm. them they've been fooled. And yeah. we are unwilling to acknowledge the insult and the embarrassment that the object of our affection, Facebook, has been weaponized yep. by foreign actors. We just can't wrap our heads around it. It insults our manhood as Americans. But for the first time, we're I don't want to say we're getting a taste of our own medicine. And we invented it. That's right. We, we we're the ones that are, have been traditionally better at it. As, all right, Scott. Anyway, this is, getting, this sorry, is going a bad direction. We're going this down a rabbit hole. Right. You're right. You're correct. This is great. I love your ACOM thing. I thought that was fascinating. And you're, I think you're, I think that's a smart idea. One, another Algorithmic smart idea. commerce, ACOM. From ACOM. It Hashtag sounds like the registered Prof G. Listen to me. Yeah. You showed up in my Reddit the other day. That was creepy. I did. How'd that go? <laughs> Good. How'd that go to ask me anything? Ask, carry everything. Again, another very exciting. <laughs> that's hard to sell that as compelling. Ask I'm, me anything as I'm if you haven't have heard everything already. There. You're just jealous of my fantasticness, which is going to continue <laughs> on, and you're just going to have to live uh, with it. But let me true. tell you, I'm going to make a small prediction. So uh-huh. I traded in my Peloton and got a new one, right? Uh, which I got a really good deal on the trade-in. So it wasn't very, exp- it was surprisingly, mm-hmm. when I did all the math about going to SoulCycle or doing other, or gyms or whatever, right. it's really, qu- and, and there's four people who use this thing and my family and my two sons and and Amanda. So it's actually quite, it's not bad. It's not bad from a, from a cost perspective um, of what we used to spend on gyms, et cetera. Um, Let me just say, no one's catching them. This device, the new one that they did is so much better than the last one. Really? So delightful. So beautifully designed. They have a swivel screen, everything they improved on it from even how you plug it in because there was sort of a messy cable thing in the last one. They have improved every aspect of this thing that it's completely delightful. And I just want to say, 
kudos to them and good luck anybody competing with them because I think they're, they know how to do their business, I have to say. So there's a backstory here. After okay. we essentially said the same thing, you mm -hmm. weighed in as the Peloton Uber consumer. And I mm -hmm. said that there's just going to be an enormous transition of stakeholder value from the sweat industrial complex to the workout from home mm -hmm. trend. Mm -hmm. uh, the CEO of Equinox reached out to me and said, I appreciate you're a customer of Equinox, but you don't have it right, and we need to talk. So, anyways, mm -hmm. I'm doing a call with All right. the guy who runs Equinox, and I'll tell you what it, I'll tell you what he says. Fantastic, because I got to tell you, if just from I am so delighted with this product. I am I am not often delighted with products, but I am delighted with this product. It's really and that things they improved, just love it. I'm a fan, and I just have to say, I was I was products matter. How you make products matter. Anyway. And they're vertical. Again, they're, think just, about this. Peloton, I have nothing but like for them. I have nothing but like for them. And of they course, assemble, I, they market, they have their own retail. Do you know yep. someone, I don't know if you did this, but someone in a nice, some nice, young, attractive person that mm -hmm. clearly spends a lot of time on a Peloton bike will come to your house in a Peloton branded van and assemble that? Yeah, they did. The they world did. is going so vertical. It's just they so did. interesting. They absolutely so, did. And, I have, and, it was a good, and it was a good deal, I have to say, once you zeroed on. They took away the old one. Well, it was so given, convenient. Especially given how much more money you make than those hee-haws down in West Virginia you call family. Yeah, what are they so riding? Sorry. Schwinn bikes? Schwinn, what <laughs> they are they riding? Bikes. <laughs> what are you riding? You show up in your Peloton. No you bring it with you. You're like, I own two of these. I own two of these. I don't. I own two of these. no Swisher on a bike in West Virginia. I own two of these bad boys. Have you seen? Have you heard of Peloton? I own two. I own dose. I do not own two. I own one. I traded it in. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm economical, Scott. I'm an You're economical elitist. Are you kidding? You're I didn't have baller. two. What do you think? I have friends who have two, though. Anyway, before we go, a reminder, we love your questions on this show. Yeah, some things we're interested in. Don't make in Rebecca work this hard. Yes, okay. Some things we're interested, you think, is being underreported in tech and business. Send us some some lovely listener questions. We love them. We think they're great. Uh, email us at pivot at voxmedia.com. Scott will answer anything. Ask Scott anything. Have you been invited Might on Reddit? Well. No, you haven't. Not yet. I anyway, didn't ask me anything did two did, years ago. We need another one. We need oh one my together. God. We need one I'm together. I'm so 2008. You're so 2000 late. You know what? <laughs> You'll just see. Oh, that makes You'll just me see. Happy. I have some really that good interviews coming up on my thing. You're going to like them a lot. Yeah, um, there we go. And you should there listen, just listen to the Gavin one. It's very substantive. Read us out, Scott. Today's show was produced by Rebecca Sananas. Fernando Finete engineered this episode. Eric Anderson is Pivot's executive producer make sure you subscribe to the show on apple Podcasts. if you're an android user check us out on spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts please recommend our show thanks for listening to pivot from new york magazine and vox media we'll be back next week for a breakdown of all things tech and business cara yeah. acom algorithmic commerce that's Hi our to thing the people of west virginia good we own it you. bye you dumb bitches with your <laughs> twin bikes <laughs>